Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 41 and verse number 1. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation today. Uh, don't fire me for that, but, but I, I like the way this, this reads, so just bear with me. Follow along with us today uh, if they have it on the screen. The Bible says, two full years later, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing at the bank of the Nile River. In his dream, he saw seven fat, healthy cows come up out of the river and begin grazing in the marsh grass. Then he saw seven more cows come up from behind them from the Nile, but these were scrawny and thin. These cows stood behind the fat cows on the riverbank. Then the scrawny, thin cows, the Bible says, ate the seven healthy, fat cows. And at this point in the dream, Pharaoh woke up. Well, I guess he did. Amen. But he fell asleep again verse number five, and had a second dream. This time he saw seven heads of grain, plump and beautiful, growing up on a single stalk. And then seven more heads of grain appeared, but these were shriveled and withered by the east wind. And these thin heads swallowed up the seven plump, well-formed heads, and then Pharaoh woke up again and realized it was a dream. Can you say amen? Now, I, I don't know what Mr. Pharaoh ate before he went to bed that night, <laughs> but maybe there's something here today that can help all of us. Amen. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you, God, for who you are. We thank you for the spirit that we feel in this place. Father, I pray right now that you would open our hearts open our minds to receive what you have for us. God, let your word wash us today, and we give you thanks. We give you glory for it. God, you are a great God, and we love you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen today. God bless you. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. The older that I get, and the longer that I live, the more I come to understand that life is full of both bad and good. It's true. No matter who you are today, no matter where you live, no matter what you do for a living, what station of life you may find yourself in, no matter any of that, when it comes to life, we will experience some good and some bad in this life. Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust alike. Bible goes on to say that time and chance happens to all of us. None of us are exempt from those things. I got to tell you, for me, being a pastor, there are days that I don't necessarily want to get up out of bed and do what I have to do. One of those days, at least for me anyway, are when I have to do funerals, right? Funerals can be difficult, especially for people that have suffered great tragic loss in their life. I don't look forward to those days. But then there are days when I get to do weddings, right? And those are fun days. Those are joyous days. I, I spring out of bed on those days. 
because I enjoy it. It's a happy time. I look forward to that. I, I got to tell you, holding a newborn baby in your arms as a minister and, and uh, rejoicing with the parents like we did here last Sunday, that, that's a good thing. That is a good thing. However, playing referee to the couple who's ready to call it quits and give up on their family, not so much. Not so much. Telling somebody about Jesus and, 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 and sharing the gospel with them and then watching as God makes a great transformation in their life, that's a good day, right? That is a good day. But counseling with those that have let life get the best of them and maybe they're living with the fallout of their bad choices, not so much. Not such a good day. All in all, I, I, I love what God has called me to do. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. But I say all of that to say this today. For all of us, regardless of, of what we do, life is full of good and it's full of bad. It's full of mountaintops and valleys. It's full of highs and lows that we endure whether we want to or not. I think it's Brother Frank Sinatra who famously sang it this way, that's life, right? Y'all didn't know Brother Sinatra was saved, right? Praise God. He said, that's, that's life. So if, if life is like this for all of us, then why is it that some people seem to persevere and press through while others get overwhelmed and cave in? Why is it that some people seem to sail through life and keep moving forward while others uh, seem to be in a constant state of distress and need? And I don't know that I have the answers to any of those questions today, but the Word of God gives us some very interesting perspective through an unusual dream had by an Egyptian pharaoh. Bible says that Joseph was serving a prison sentence in Egypt for a crime that he did not commit. You may recall that he was accused by Potiphar's wife for trying to force himself on her, and this is, of course, not what happened at all. The problem was that Potiphar didn't want to deal with his unruly spouse, and so it was easier to send his most trusted servant to prison than it was to deal with the problem back at home. Mm. This is probably a different sermon for a different day, but let me help somebody today and say this, leaving unresolved issues at home will impact people that you did not mean to impact. While Joseph sat there in that prison, he began to interpret dreams for a butler and a baker who both had served under Pharaoh. The butler, of course, as you know, was restored to his post in Pharaoh's house, just as Joseph had predicted. And while he vowed to remember Joseph, don't you know that he didn't? Don't you know that he forgot all about him? And totally forgot, until one night, that is, Joseph, uh, Pharaoh had a dream that was so deeply troubling to him, he needed somebody to help make sense of it all. In his dream, there were seven skinny cows and seven fat cows. The seven skinny cows ate up the fat cows, devoured them completely. Pharaoh woke up, but when he went back to sleep, he dreamt about seven good ears of corn and seven bad ears of corn. 
The seven bad ears devoured up the seven good ears. Now, I gotta tell you, this doesn't seem like a particularly significant dream on the surface, right? If you and I had had a dream like that, we'd chalk it up to the late night raid on the refrigerator. Yeah, we would. Perhaps that leftover Chinese food, right? Maybe some bad baba ganoush, I don't know, whatever it is that you eat. But as strange as this seemed, Pharaoh knew that his dream had a deeper meaning. He needed to have this dream interpreted, so he called all of the magicians and all the wise men, and, and they all tried to interpret, they all tried to talk Pharaoh off of this dream, but they failed on every account. Pharaoh's butler, who was there, would finally remember who Joseph was. He would finally remember that Joseph was an interpreter of dreams, and, and they would call upon Joseph to come in and interpret Pharaoh's crazy dream. And Joseph would do just that. He would do that by telling Pharaoh that there would be seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. God had sent this dream to Egypt and to the Egyptian people to let them know that if you want to make it through the years of famine, you better learn how to maximize the years of plenty. He sent them this dream to tell them that your survival during the dry time greatly depends on how, how well you handle the time of abundance. And I think that you and I today need to understand this message because it's a message that can help you and me during some dry and lean times in our life. Because the truth is today, we are going to experience periods of greatness and abundance. There will be seasons in your life when you're blessed and you're highly favored. There will be times where great faith is going on around you. Everything's going to be blue skies and gumdrops and green lights and zippity-doo-dah day. There will be times like that in your life. But I've got to tell you, if you live long enough, there will also be some dark times. There will also be some lean times. There are also going to be times when the blessings of God aren't so apparent on your life. There's going to be times of struggle. There's going to be times of hurt. There will be times of discouragement and fear. And I think that God would have us to understand today that it's how we handle ourselves in the good times that will determine how we act and react in the bad times. Mm. It's what I do in a good season of my life that will determine how long I have to stay in the bad season. I want you to hear me today. Don't allow the bad things in your life to devour everything that's good. Don't let the dark times stamp out the brightness of God's blessing. I know that things aren't always perfect. I know that we don't always feel like we're walking on the mountaintop. But I got to tell us today, God's faithfulness toward you has nothing to do with what you're going through right now. God is faithful no matter what. Great is his faithfulness toward me no matter where I am, no matter what I'm walking through, no matter what I'm doing, I serve a faithful God. Don't allow 
a temporary time of sorrow to eat up your joy. Don't let a seasonal pleasure of sin eat up your salvation. Don't let a low time in a valley eat up your faith. Be very careful today not to let the bad consume that which is good. Mm. Can you say amen? Timothy said it like this. Paul wrote to Timothy, actually, and said it like this in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 20. Paul told him, he said, but in a great house, everybody say a great house. In a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Paul wanted us to understand that even in a great house, even a great house has its good and its bad. It's true. Consider this in the context of the church with me for a moment, if you will. There's no such thing as a perfect church. I thought I'd get a few more amens on that. Praise God. I had it in my notes. All right. There is no, maybe I'm busting your bubble today, but there is no such thing as the perfect church. God is perfect, but the moment that man steps into the room, it becomes flawed. Yeah. Every place of worship has vessels of gold and vessels of silver. But every house also has vessels of wood and vessels of clay. Right? Every house has its honor, but every house also has its dishonor. And if we're not careful when we come to church, we can let the bad swallow up the good, even though the house is great. Yeah. See, the, the, the devil likes to highlight the one, in, the one or two vessels of clay. The devil likes to get us focused on, on, on the, the things, the vessels of dishonor, and, and he can get us so fixated on the bad things that, that before long we can't see the good in anything anymore. He wants to get us focused on the hypocrite. He wants to get us focused on the things that we don't like, and, and, and the lights were too bright, and, and, and you know, the, the sound was too loud, and the preacher had a beard, and I can't get with that, and I, I don't know what's going on, and we get... We get focused, we get focused on the wrong, the wrong things. The devil wants to get us focused on, on all the negative things. They begin to fester and, and the bad begins, begins to eat up the good, right? That's why some people leave the church, because they get focused on the vessels of wood and clay. Yeah. They, they get wrapped up in the negative. They, 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 they can no longer see the silver and the gold that's around them, but, but they've been blinded because the truth is the house of God is still a great house. I said for all of its imperfections, the house of God is still a great house. Brother Duvall and I were talking about this earlier this week. Sometimes he calls and encourages me, and, and I try to be an encouragement to him. I don't know if that happens, but, but we talk sometimes, and, and, and we were talking about it this. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Right? Jesus, Jesus said that. He said, blessed are the pure in heart, for, for they shall see God. They shall see God. And, 
And that, that's a scripture that we, we take and we look at and we say, well, you know, uh, we, we don't know how to interpret that. And we don't, we don't have to, but, but what does it mean? It means that if you're looking for good things, you're going to see good things. And if you're looking for bad things, guess what? You'll see that too. Yeah. And because we're all going to see whatever it is that we're looking for, those that have a heart toward the things of God, those of us that have a heart toward the things, we will see God in every situation that there is. We'll see the value, we'll see the good, even in the midst of a wicked world. And if the devil can mess up that perspective, and if the devil can alter the way you see things, then he'll force you to get frustrated and you will leave a great house searching for something that does not exist. Mm. And I got to tell you, the same is true of our lives. The same is true of our situations. The same is true of your marriage. Let me tell you, if you're looking for something to complain about in a marriage, you'll find it. But if you're looking for something to be thankful for in your spouse, I'm going to tell you, you'll find that too. Yeah. Same thing applies for your job. If you're looking for something to be negative about, about, you'll find something negative. But if you're looking for something to be positive about, you'll find that too. Your finances, your family, if you allow it today, the bad can easily eat up the good. Mm. Joseph's understanding of God's word through this dream was not only critical to Egypt's survival, it was crucial to his own family's survival. Mm. Because the formula for handling the good times was the key to surviving the bad time. So Joseph devises a plan, a plan that would be implemented in the years of plenty so that they might survive the years of want. He told Pharaoh to set aside a, a portion of the crop during the years of plenty and, and keep them in the cities. In other words, let every man keep a portion, he said, let, let, but, but, but let them bring a portion of the, into the city that we might set it aside for the famine that is to come. And that's exactly what they did. They maximized the good time in order to survive the bad. Joseph knew that the bad years would easily eat up and devour the good if they weren't careful. He knew that unless they were diligent about acting in the plan, that the bad would easily consume the good. But I got to tell you, what separated Joseph from everybody else was his understanding that he could affect the outcome. Joseph understood I can affect the outcome. The prognosis might not be good. God said there is going to be a famine that is going to come on the land, but God has given me the wisdom and he's given me the power, I believe, through the Spirit of God in Joseph to impact and to, and to affect the outcome. It was within his power to impact the future and make a difference. No, Joseph could not control the famine. No, he could not control the season. 
He could not control the storm or the weather. He couldn't prevent it from happening. Only God could do that. But it was within Joseph's power to determine how they were going to handle the bad times. Oh, I think some of us need to understand today that we cannot control everything that life throws at us. We got a, bu we got a bunch of Holy Ghost-filled control freaks, right? I'm one of them. I'm the, I'm the founding member, believe me. Trying to control everything that happens, trying to pull the strings, trying to make sure that we, but, but we can't do it. It, it, is, it is not in our power. We cannot do that. We don't always have a say as to what we have to endure in life. We don't always have a say as to what we have to go through. But we need to know that while we cannot always control what happens to us, we can have a say in the outcome. We do have a voice when it comes to how things turn out in our life. How do you know that, Brother Sizemore? I know that because it was David who said in Psalm 107, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I, I want you to see that when we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, we become one of his. And when you and I belong to him, then we, as the redeemed of the Lord, have a say-so in how things are going to turn out in our life. We are empowered by his spirit to take action and ensure that we thrive even in the worst of times. The redeemed of the Lord have a say in the outcome. Oh, is there anybody today who's been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? Is there anybody today that says, I I've got to say, I've got a voice. I can speak to the mountain and it'll be removed. Mm. Somebody say amen. amen. I know we like to talk about and shout about the good, but let, let, me, let, me, let me talk about the bad time for a moment. Because it's during these bad times, these dark times, times, these lean times of life, that God really begins to do a serious work in our lives. Mm. Yeah. I got to tell you today, the greatest work that has God has ever done in my life has always been during difficult times. Yeah. The greatest works that God has ever done in me has always come through a challenging season. How is that, Brother Sizemore? It's because God tends to use those times to refine me. God tends to use those circumstances to perfect me. Yeah, he uses those times to cut out the things in me that don't belong there. He uses those seasons to break me up and, and plant something new in me that'll spring forth fruit in, new, in due season. It's in the bad times that God operates on my spirit and molds me into what he wants me to be. I tell you, Job knew the drill all too well. You talk about the bad times eating up the good. Yeah, Job lived that. 
Job, Job had everything. It was the best of times for Job. He was the richest man in the east, the most well-respected man. And then a famine came, and he lost it all. God took him to the brink of death. And yet because Job had been faithful when things were good, he knew how to survive when things got bad. Yeah. And because he didn't let the bad eat up all the good, the Bible says that Job said, though he slay me, yet will I continue to praise him and worship him. Job said, I may have lost it all. He said, I've looked for the Lord. I can't find him. I look over here and over there. He's nowhere to be found. God gives. He takes away. And yet, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, I feel like there's somebody here today that ought to be willing to get up on a Sunday morning and say the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, and yet I'm in the house on a Sunday morning and I'm worshiping God and I'm not going to let the devil steal my joy and my peace. Oh, somebody shout to the Lord. David did the same thing. David routinely went through good times that, that were immediately followed by some pretty terrible times. But it was in those bad times that David knew, the Bible says, how to encourage himself in the Lord. I find it interesting that at Ziklag, David had 400 men who knew how to fight, but he didn't have a single one that knew how to encourage He had 400 men who could kill everybody, but not a single one of them could lift up his brother in encouragement. God help us. God help us when we come to the house of the Lord and we know how to fight the devil, but we don't know how to lift up our brother. David knew what it was like to have to encourage himself. He knew how to act. He knew what to do. He said, when my heart is overwhelmed, when I'm overcome with grief, when, when I'm overcome with sadness, when, when I'm overcome with difficult times, when my heart is overwhelmed, he said, the only thing I can think to do is to find my way uh, to a rock uh, that is higher than me. Lead me to the rock uh, that is higher than I. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that bad times will come. There is going to be a time when you are going to get overwhelmed. Oh, we, we, oh, Pastor, I don't, I don't want to be the one that's overwhelmed. I, I don't want to be the one that has to get saved. I, I don't want to be the one that has to go through the test. Well, then you must not be the one that wants the testimony. Because last time I checked, you couldn't have a testimony unless you had a test. Right? Yeah. We're going to get overwhelmed. Even Jesus said it like this. He said, in the last days, 
perilous times are going to come. That, 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 that sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? But may I remind us today that God also spoke through the prophet Joel about some last days. It's the same last days, by the way, that bad things are supposed to be happening. And yet the prophet Joel said, in those same last days, that's when I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So, so if I understand this correctly, if, I, if, I, if I'm to understand this correctly, it is possible to have the best day and the worst day all on the same day. Oh, I just revolutionized your life. You didn't know that was possible. I can have the best day and the worst day all on the same day. How is that possible? It's possible because we serve a God who is the creator of every day. I said we serve a God who is the creator of every day. And when I wake up in the morning, I'm blessed. And when I lay my head on the pillow, I'm blessed. And when I go to work, I'm blessed. And when I go to school, I'm blessed. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed when I come in. I'm blessed when I, oh, somebody, if you're blessed, somebody shout. I'm blessed. It don't matter. It don't matter if the rent's due. It don't matter if everything's been turned off. It don't matter if I ain't got any food to eat. I'm blessed. Oh, but, but pastor, but pastor, my kids are acting a fool. They all do, honey, let me tell you. But I'm blessed. Yeah. Yeah. But my, my neighbor came against me. Somebody tried to say a bad word about me. You're blessed. You're blessed. I'm going to tell you, if God never gives you any more than what you have right now, you're blessed. No. I said if God never does anything more for me than what he's done for me today, I can die a man knowing that I'm blessed and I'm highly favored of God. Why? Because I serve a God who is a blesser. I serve a God who cares about me. I serve a God who is my provision. And y'all are wearing me out. Sit down. I'm not. But I've got to make a decision that I'm not going to let the bad eat up the good. The book of Daniel, I'm hurrying. The book of Daniel tells us everybody was bowing down to King Nebuchadnezzar's decree. 
Everybody that is, but three Hebrew boys. Shadrach, Meshach, not a billy goat, don't go there. I said Abednego. Yeah. Those three Hebrew boys refused, not going to bow. The Bible tells us that the king sentenced these boys to a fiery furnace. They threw them into that furnace to watch those boys die. You talk about a bad day. That's a bad day. But one of Nebuchadnezzar's accountants must have miscalculated somewhere. Somebody on the, on the financial team forgot to carry a one or... Because when they went back to check, instead of counting three, they, they counted four. Yeah. Let, let me give you a mathematical equation that will help you through some bad times in your life. Are you ready for this? Three plus fire equals four. Three plus fire equals four. Oh, I got to tell you today, where there was no fire, there was only three. But when fire entered the equation, then when, when trouble entered the equation, when certain death was upon them, there was a factor that the enemy had not counted on. There was a factor called Jesus Christ that they had not accounted anywhere for. Oh, I've come to tell somebody today that one bad season does not spoil your life. One bad decision does not define who you are. One bad reporter does not do you in because the God of all gods and the king of all kings is going to insert himself into your situation oh but sometimes you got to walk through the fire to be where Jesus is yeah sometimes you got to walk through the bad days to get where Jesus is. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no e Why? How is that possible, David? How is it possible that you can walk through a bad day, a bad week, a bad year, a bad season, and you don't have to be afraid, and you don't have to fear? He said, I won't fear because thou, O God, are with me. And I've come to tell you today, you might be walking through a valley of death. You might be walking through a bad season, but I've come to remind you today that we serve a God who walks right alongside you. He walks right there with you in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the wind and the waves blowing in your life. There is a master that's on the sea with you. Somebody said, I'm not going to let the bad eat up the good. Somebody say it again. I'm not going to let the bad eat up the good. Would you stand with me today? Paul wrote to the Romans. And he said it like this. He said, and we know. Everybody say, we know. 
Look at your, look at your neighbor and say, you ought to know. We know that all things work together for the good. Notice he didn't say all things were good. He didn't say all things were good. He said all things work together for the good. That means some things are going to be good. Some things are going to be bad. But when you average them all together, God is still on the throne. Yeah. Mm. All things work together for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. I've come to remind us today that God is still writing your story. It isn't finished yet. The book of Acts doesn't say amen. He's still writing it. Come to tell you that God wants to mold you. God wants to perfect you. Those trials of your faith, they aren't meant to break you. They're meant to make you stronger. Yeah. And today I've got to ask you the question, what are you focused on? We're, 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 we're in the house of the living God today. We're in a great house. There's gold and silver all around us. There's miracles, signs and wonders all around us. There's testimony after testimony of the goodness of God all around you today. I hope you're going to be willing to overlook the, perfection, the imperfection of humanity today in order to see the glory of God that is around you. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what's happening in your world, but we're getting ready to sing a song today. And I'm going to open these altars this morning. And I'm going to ask everybody to come. Today, you are in a great house, but we're all going to go through bad times. Maybe you're here today and you're frustrated. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're overwhelmed today. Maybe they did do you wrong. Maybe you did get hurt. Maybe you were abused. Maybe you did lose that loved one. Maybe you do have the scar to prove it today. If so, I want you to know you're in good company. You're in good company today because God is here and he's going to walk with you. He's going to walk with you through that valley. Don't let the bad eat up the good today. Come on, as we get ready to sing, I wonder if we can all come. I wonder who'd be willing to step out and say, Pastor, I need God to touch me one more time. I need to get my focus where it needs to be. Come on, I don't want the bad to eat up what's good in my life. God's done too many good things for me. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, say. You restore. you come today come on lift up your hands and say God I want to be focused on the right thing God I want you to help me you might be going through a bad time but we serve a God that is greater today
Come on, somebody lift your hands and cry out to the Lord today.
of the Lord that's here. We're not going to disrupt it. We are going to capitalize upon this moment. Somebody say, when the Lord is in the house, that's when we move. Hallelujah. That's when we do his bidding. I want to ask Sister Kelly, Brother Kelly, I want to ask this family if they would come. I saw Samantha earlier. Where are you, Sister Samantha? If they would join me up here on the platform, if you would. This, this great family has been such a conduit of God's grace to the Tree of Life Church. I wonder if we could just thank the Lord for the Kelly family right now. Amen. Hallelujah. And you all don't know, when I behold this, you don't know the inventory of testimonies that I know and the whole additional inventory of testimonies I don't know, but God has been good to them, and can we just say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sister Nia has been such an anointed vessel of the Lord, and if you have spent any time with Brother Daniel, you have experienced Christ-like character, and he knows the Word of God. It is in his heart, and he is a faithful man of God. They are relocating. Now that I've told you how amazing they are, I'm telling you that they're leaving us. But let me explain to you how this works. Our brothers and sisters throughout dispensations and ages, have been scattered thither and yon across the globe. But we are one body, hallelujah, and we are the servants of one great God. And we know that God is going to cover them and go with them. And, and Brother Daniel, this is your last Sunday before you, you leave, isn't it? So they're relocating to Alabama, Alabama, where the tea is sweet, hallelujah, and God is good. I would just ask you, these ministers that have gathered, we want to pray a blessing over this family. Josiah and Samantha, I thought they might be near, they might not, but let's, let's call upon the Lord and plead the blood of Jesus over Josiah, Samantha, baby Jonathan, Daniel, and sister Nia Kelly. Would you do that with me now? In the name of
Could we say in the name of Jesus Christ? Amen. Greet the Kellys today. Bid them Godspeed because God is with them. Amen. Let's let the Spirit of the Lord that's in this place take us from this place. Continue to worship and be blessed in Jesus' name.